This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. All right, my friends, what's up? Brent here from Learn Jazz Standards. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm here to answer your jazz questions five days a week, help you have more fun playing jazz, get better at improvisation, and feel more confident. And today we have a great question from Ed. Let's give it a listen. Hi, Brent. This is Ed from St. Louis. And my question is, I play second trumpet in a big band, actually a couple of big bands, and how do I construct a solo and analyze the changes for a solo? Most of the time in the big band's uh, charts, arrangements, the solo breaks are pretty short, 8, 12, 16 bars. They're usually not very extended, so you don't have a lot of time to really ease into it. You have to cook right away. So that's my question. How do I go about analyzing the changes and constructing a solo when the solos are typically uh, on the shorter end. Thanks a lot. Bye. All right. Great question, Ed. Thank you for this. So there's kind of a couple questions in here. One is how do we analyze chord progressions so that we can construct solos, right? So the best advice I can possibly give, and this is something that we do every single month, really, in our inner circle, is we analyze chord changes with Roman numerals, okay? What do I mean by that? So if we are in the key of C, the teacher's key, we have to understand the basic concept of harmonizing scales, major scale, with seventh chords, okay? In this case, major, because we're in major key. So the one chord would be major, the two chord would be minor, three chord would be minor, the four chord would be major, the five chord would be dominant seven. The six chord would be minor. The seven chord would be half diminished or minor seven flat five. And then finally, the one chord again is major, right? So that's a basic concept to understand. And then of course, these are all labeled one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, right? And of course, understanding basic Roman numerals is major is going to be an uppercase Roman numeral. So one is uppercase. The two is minor. So it'd be a lowercase Roman numeral two. And generally when you come to a dominant seventh chord, for example, like the, the five chord in this case, the G7, you would see, you know, different people do it different ways, but I usually would just go an uppercase Roman numeral with a seven beside it. Right. And so understanding that basic concept first is important right? Because we want to understand what role each chord plays in a chord progression. We don't just improvise over chords, right? We improvise over chord progressions. So whenever you're thinking about like, what notes do I play over this chord? You have to first ask yourself what chord comes before it and what chord comes after it, because that's going to make a big difference. 
right? So in the case of, of a 2-5-1 chord progression, which comes up in, in jazz all the time, when we say 2-5-1, we're referring to that major diatonic series of seventh chords. So we're referring to in the key of C that the two chord would be D minor seventh, because the two chord is minor. The five chord would be G7, G dominant seven, because the five chord is a dominant seventh. And a C major seven is the one chord, right? So two, five, one, okay? So that's how we analyze chords in chord progressions. And why is that helpful in the first place? Again, understanding how things function, the, the bigger picture here, helps us make improvisation choices. So for example, let's just focus on the chord tones to this two, five, one for a second. So. Now I'm going to connect this melodically with the G7 and then melodically to the C major 7, the one chord. What, what I mean by melodically? It's a concept called voice leading where I'm walking up this two minor arpeggio but then finding the nearest chord tone of the G dominant 7th, which in this case is the third. I'm descending down the scale there, or the arpeggio rather, and then I'm finding the nearest chord tone of the C major 7-1 chord, right? In this case, I'm walking down a whole step to C, right? So, right? Now, that's just the basic bare bones of starting to improvise, is understanding where the chord tones are, but by me understanding that these chords have a relationship to each other, it helps me make a melodic decision here. And even just by me playing that right there, right? Right, now that, in that case, I was playing a one, six, two, five, right? Just by me understanding that concept, I can start creating a solo and understanding the relationships these chords have to one another. Then, of course, you go deeper into this stuff, like secondary dominance and all this music theory stuff that you, know, you may or may not understand, but the way to do it is you simply analyze lots of jazz standards and you come across these different concepts. That's why in our Inner Circle membership, that's the main thing we do. We learn a new jazz standard every month. Yes, part of it is we analyze it, we'll analyze what's going on so that we can start making improvisation choices, okay? So that's that's the basics of how we analyze chords and chord progressions. Roman numerals, but then break it down further. Like, what are the chord tones? How do we connect those together? Yes, you could break it down to scales and figure out how those tie together as well, right? Um, yes, we can break it down to licks, right? right? Understanding what a 2-5-1 is means that we can go out and seek 2-5-1 licks or pieces of jazz language to learn, that's how we start doing this. We gather musical information into our vocabulary. We start creating and experimenting on our own, right? Which brings me to the next part is how do we construct a solo? And in this case, Ed's talking about constructing a short solo because he's playing in a big band and there might be a solo break or something like that. So it's not necessarily him playing one or two courses. Well, honestly, it's the same way you would go about creating a longer solo. It's first just understanding what you have to deal with. If, you know, you're playing eight bars of, you know, C minor seven, two, five. And that's it. Now you're done. 
That means you had a 12 bar solo and someone else goes and plays, you know, you're, you're practicing, you're looping that over and over again. You know, you get a looper, you can get a slow downer and loop chord progressions together. Right. And you're coming up with ideas all over the place of how to do this. You're, you're going slowly through with the chord tones. You're going through licks and ideas. You're composing perhaps your own solo, your own 12 bar blues solo in this case to, you know, get ideas out of your head and slow down the improvisation process. You're looping and, and making mistakes and practicing a lot, all that stuff. And you're right in, in a way when you have a shorter solo you do have the opportunity to say a lot faster, right? So you could come out guns blazing if you want. Um, you can make bigger statements rather than thinking about, oh, we're playing two courses of a solo. Maybe I should start off a little softer or a little more sparse, a little more rhythmic, and then move into longer flowing eighth note lines and such. Maybe you're thinking about that a little bit less. But ultimately, the tenets are the same. It's like, how do we figure out how to improvise over chord changes and play meaningful musical ideas? Obviously, on this podcast, we're talking about these concepts every single day. Um, there's a library of over 400 episodes where we talk about a lot of concepts and strategies, and we'll continue to do that. So we'll continue to dive deeper in all those, and we do have some episodes coming up in the next coming days where we will talk a little bit further on how to start doing more of this stuff. So that's all for today's episode. Remember that knowledge without action isn't really knowledge at all. And remember that a lot of practice time isn't near as good as just a little bit of really good practice time. All right, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't want you to miss any episodes coming up this week. Until then, happy practicing and cheers. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.